Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's not Ridwan this evening, it's Yazid Kamal in this side of the microphone, and of course, it is Burning Issue. It's been a while since I've been presenting on the radio station, so it feels good to be back. This evening on Burning Issue, we are going to be looking at preparations, rather safety and security measures for the festive season. We've got guests from the city of Cape Town. We'll be introducing them soon. We'll be talking about, you know, how things are going on the roads and all kinds of uh, safety measures that you can take over the festive period. Uh, you can also, of course, uh, phone us at any time during the show. You can ask questions f- for our guests if you like. The number in the studio is 021-442-3530. That's 021-442-3530. You can also SMS us. The number in the studio on the SMS line is 47913. Yeah, so let's, let's get into it. Um, you know, with the academic year wrapping up, Kids are um, going to be at home. Parents are going to be preparing holiday trips and, you know, road trips and all kinds of things. And the city gets busy. Tourists coming from all over the country and from other parts of the world. There's a num- I mean, you can already feel the roads are, the roads are like really congested actually. A lot of the roads when you come into the city and drive in the city center. But now this is also a time for safety. And we have officials in the city, the city of Cape Town, which is the local government, that, you know, put out certain safety and security measures. And this evening, we want to know more from them about that. Let's start on my right with our first guest. Um, yeah, you can just introduce yourself and, and your job description. Good evening. Thank you for having us. Richard Bosman, Executive Director, Safety and Security, City of Cape Town. Okay. Andre Nell, good evening. I'm the Deputy Chief for Traffic Services and particularly with the enforcement part of things. Good evening, uh, I'm Wayne Daru. I'm the Chief of the Cape Town Metro Police. Okay, guys, these are the people. If you get in trouble, you can. You have to know these people. This guy gives you a fine if you do something wrong in the road. Anyway, that was just a side joke. Guys, welcome to Voice of the Cape. You know, we've got hmm. a, a listener, a good amount of listeners across the Western Cape, you know, going hmm. into the Boerland. And, of course, our, our, our listeners, a lot of them are here in the city. And they would like to know, of course, about the safety mm. measures. Richard, maybe we should start with you, if you can share with us what your uh, unit or department is doing. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, safety and security, we cover almost everything in the city, traffic, metro police, law enforcement, fine rescue services, disaster management, and our call center, our 107 call center. And you're right, it is busy. Summer's here, you can see where this picked up uh, festive lights last night, 100,000 people easily on the parade. It was a good event, one or two minor hiccups, but a good event. And really with that event of the mayor, our festive season starts. So summer season is about beaches in Cape Town. And the beaches are a big focus for us in terms of safety. Lifeguards are on all our main beaches to make sure people are safe when they're swimming. A big thing for us is no alcohol on the beaches. We want to ask people not to bring alcohol onto beaches again. We've confiscated more than 20-odd thousand bottles last year. We'll probably do the same this year again. So beach safety is a very big thing for us. And really we want people just to come out and enjoy themselves. People work hard all year long. This festive season you have a bit longer. You probably know the 27th is a public holiday. So we've actually got a four-day weekend starting on the 24th going right through the 27th. So we expect that to be easily our busiest weekend along with New Year. So you guys don't take a holiday though? Sounds like you're going to be working. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've been here eight years. This is my ninth year. There's no leave for this time. But it's part of the job. Okay, You get Mm -hmm. get your satisfaction out of knowing that the beaches are safe, the beaches are clean, that we manage it. So it's just one of those things. 
It's important to be with the staff during this time of the year. It's, it's a long staff work, 16 hours in some days. So I'll stop with a lot of everything to try and make things as safe as possible. Because this is captain and staff do that. Uh-huh. So in terms of the safety and security measures, do you increase your staff over this period? Yes, what we've done is we've brought, an additional, we've, we've brought an additional contract staff over this period. But also what we will be doing is we'll, our staff will be working extended hours. They'll work a bit of extra overtime. We'll split them into different shifts. We also use our disaster management volunteers on the beaches. There's more than 400 of them who give up their own time. Over the festive season, we work at all our main beaches, help with first aid, lost children, minor first aid issues on the beaches. We pool all our resources, traffic, metro, law enforcement, um, and yeah, stop a lot of extra time over this year. We also work very well with the SAPs. We set up command posts at most of the main beaches. So the SAPs are also there to assist us with any major crime incidents. Yeah, I, I think yesterday's weekend, August front page had something along the lines of we will not, we will have zero tolerance for, I think it was drunken driving or something along those lines. Let's talk about the beefed up security measures that may, that we may have to be aware of. Like, I mean, do you do, this is maybe not for you, we should maybe ask Andre this, we'll get there about the roadblocks and all those kind of things. But you know, I also want to, we, we want to be aware of when we are out in our city visibly what we will see as well over this period, if anything. Well, what you'll see is heightened visibility of staff. There will definitely be more roadblocks that go on the round. We want to get drunk drivers off the road. Beaches, much more high visibility, especially on our main beaches. Staff will be there early in the morning till late at night, midnight if needs be, to make sure people leave. So drunk driving on the roads is a big issue for us. And also no alcohol on the beaches to prevent drownings, to prevent any fights, any unsavory behavior, and also lost children. People who drink on the beaches normally tend to become disorientated. They, f- they <coughs> cause fights. They start problems. And it spoils everybody's day. So we are very, very strict on alcohol. Just last night on the parade itself, I staff removed more than 1,600 bottles of wine from different people. Just to make sure that people enjoy themselves. So mm-hmm. th- that is a big issue. There will also be heightened visibility of our staff patrolling the main highways. Police will have heightened visibility at, at the shopping centers and malls. But our main focus is very much around our beach and resort areas, making sure traffic flows. We don't have unnecessary traffic jams. And then just having safety on the beaches. Staff will be out on foot on the beaches, visibly walking, helping people to, to make their day as enjoyable as possible. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of families, of course, going to the <coughs> beach is an affordable outing. You know, you don't have to pay exorbitant yeah. fees that you may have to pay at other, like, you know, like f- fun parks or whatever you can call these things. Um, so, yeah, the, the beaches would be packed with people. And the roads equally so, because it's that time of the year. People want to be outdoors. They don't want to be at home. Um, let's come to Andre now, just to recap, he's the Deputy Chief at the Traffic Services of the City of Cape Town. Andre, yeah, let's talk about the roads. What, what, are we, what should we be prepared for? I think what we normally experience over this period of time, that the traffic patterns change just a little bit. So your normal peak hour in the early morning and the late afternoon changes because people are off and you have the spread of the traffic congestion throughout the day. So really people need to exercise a little bit of patience. Uh, it's something that is that we struggle with in terms of how people react to the congestion and react with each other on the road. So we're really going to be looking at your areas where there's, um, especially like the waterfront as an example, that attracts a lot of people moving to one point and try and just smooth the traffic. A lot of our assistance comes from our traffic signal people where they change the timings and so on. The other thing that we experience problems with, and, and the ED has already mentioned it, is the, the driving under the influence. You've mentioned it as well. I just want to say that in the build-up now towards the festive season, we've already started looking at some roadblocks, and we've had quite a few successes, if you want to call it successes, with arrests for people driving under influence, probably too much 
if you, if you ask us from a personal point of view, for me that's too many people being arrested for that type of offence, which shows that maybe there needs to be some more education and some more cooperation from people by using alternative measures to do their transport. You can mm-hmm. rather call a cab, get somebody else to drive, have the designated driver, things like that. So that's not really happening as, as nicely as we would like it to be. There's direct consequences of driving out infants besides being arrested. It's, it's that impact that you can have if you have an accident with somebody. Well, we call it a crash nowadays, and you kill somebody else because you've been drinking and driving. It's not a pleasant experience for anybody. It's, it's something that's really n- is negative for It's, it's for such everybody. risky behavior to get behind a wheel and be drunk and imagine that you can steer that vehicle safely home. I mean, maybe somebody can. I don't know. But it's, it's, idio- I mean, it's, it's risky behavior for yourself and others. Exactly, and it's an unnecessary risk. It's not mm-hmm. something that you need to do. You, there's, there, there's alternatives, and it's preventable, so it's not necessary to do that. So, yes, those things coupled with other people's sort of driving behavior is a bit of a problem for us. We, you'll notice, and uh, we're not shy to say it, we have quite a, a bad sort of approach to driving in Cape Town at the moment. You find a lot of unnecessary offenses being c- committed, people overtaking on on shoulders, people impatient really about where they want to go to. So probably one of the things that we want to impress some people, slow down a little bit, be patient with each other, accommodate each other on the, on the road, and, and I think things will go a lot better mm-hmm. because our main drive is to try and keep the crash rate, and particularly the fatality crash rates down as best we possibly can through this period. Yeah. Look, I mean, just to come to now the, the congestion aspect, because I still go to town almost every day um, in, my, in my work, you know. Um, I don't live in the city, but I do go on the highways. And sometimes even I'm shocked at 10 o'clock, there are still congested highways. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's absurd almost to think that it's 10 o'clock and what's happening with the economy if we're sitting in the traffic, you know. Um, but I think it's, it's important for us maybe to help listeners, you know, to understand where the congestion points are. Oh, can we share this kind of information? Do we know this kind of information? Um, you're saying it's throughout the day as well, so that I'm just thinking about how we can plan our routes. What can we do to even not add to the uh, problem of congestion? Well, I think one of the one of our biggest challenges now, of course, is to provide a public transport service that's effective and efficient for people that they will actually use it. And generally, we find that people are now using their own vehicles, and you see a lot of people, individual people, driving in vehicles to a particular point, and that does create obviously extra congestion. And I've, I've had a lot of calls and people of the public complaining about that and expecting us to do something about it. I always say that the road network can only take so many vehicles at a time, and I'm not an engineer. But I think if you speak to them, they'll explain to you as well in a more scientific way how it works. But if there's 30,000 vehicles on the road and it only takes 20,000, then the 30,000 there, and you're going to have to start learning to be a little bit more patient around the decision you've made to use a vehicle mm-hmm. as an individual on your own. So that, that makes it extremely difficult. So one of the, the frustrating things that we do pick up is people that are gridlocking intersections. In other words, they're not keeping the intersection clear. And because of that, it's causing a pushback into, into the city, specifically in the CBD area. And if people were a little bit more accommodating and they wouldn't do that type of thing, it would assist with the relieving some of the congestion, at least anyway. Great stuff. Well, we're going to go for a quick ad break. And we've been, when we come back, we'll be speaking to Wayne LaRue, the Metro Police Chief. Yes, that's correct. It's the burning issue, and I'm your host, Yazid Kamaldin. We're talking this evening about safety and security measures for the festive season in Cape Town, and we have some of our city's officials here will be sharing that who, share, who has been sharing some information with us. 
Um, I would like to encourage you and thank you firstly to the listeners who have contributed questions to the show. Um, we'll get to that after our next, uh, after Wayne tells us, tells us a bit more about what the Metro Police is doing. Um, just to remind you of the numbers, you can phone us in the studio. The number is 021 442 That's 021-442-3530. You can also send us an SMS to 47913. That's 47913. Oh, I've just been reminded there's also a WhatsApp line. The WhatsApp number is 072-238-0712. That's 072-238-0712. I'll be repeating that later in the show. Yeah, we welcome input from our listeners. Wayne Leroux, Metro Police Chief. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about what the police safety and security measures are for the festive season. Thank you. Uh, once again, just to share with the listeners, the Metro Police has three mandates. We do crime prevention. We do traffic enforcement, and we also do the bylaws, as people dumping and these type of complaints. Now, our role is to complement each other. We work very closely with other services, like, you know, within safety security, but we also work with internally external stakeholders like the South African Police Services. One of our main focus is obviously to support, you know, the leading up towards the festive season, but we also got, we got specialized units. Um, Cape Town Metro Police is one of the... It's very unique because we've got a lot of u units that we establish, especially our, our, our gang and drug task team. Okay. We know gangs and drugs is a problem you know, right across Cape Town and South Africa. So we focus on, we try and you know, deal with these gangs and deal with um, illegal drugs and things that's happening. Our council rental stockhouses, um, we have various units. We have the canine unit, our dog unit. Um, we have various shows. Um, we've got cadet programs that we've also launched in order to take youngsters through um, certain programs, weekend programs, mm -hmm. uh, just to put that, that, that mechanism back in, in place where you don't have to turn to a drug lord or any a bad person and see them as role models. So we take our youngsters, our youngsters through this program, and we're very proud because it's the first for Cape Town that we've got more than 125 to date that we've taken through this program. And our dream is to eventually have an officer, one of them becoming an officer either in traffic, law enforcement, or metro. But our main role is to enforce. You know, crime affects the quality of life, and we are there to try and deal with crime um, with all the role players. Yeah. Um, in terms of role players, do you also work with community police forums? Absolutely. Yeah. They okay. are, uh, you know, no, in, it's, it's a known fact. No policing agency can work on its own. We, we work with neighborhood safety, we work with CPFs, um, we work with the community. Mm -hmm. The community is our eyes and ears. Um, we go out, we listen to the community, we get a lot of tip-offs. Also, we've also got a reward and recognition system in place. And then we follow up. You know, firearms we confiscate daily, we close tip labs, we, we confiscate the amount of drugs. Um, we, we also have to make sure that normal complaints is attended to. I'll share with you if people got any information, they can pass it on to us, and we normally do our observations, and once we're happy, we normally apply for a search warrant, and then we do a follow-up, and it's drugstop yeah. at capetown.gov.za. Drugstop at capetown at capetown.gov.za. And that is an email address that people can send tip-offs to. Yeah, that, that's information, our, and we normally do, most of the time, we, yeah, we must thank the community, most of the time it's positive. Um, we try and deal with it once we d we've done the necessary observations and we've had numerous successes. It's because it's also because of the community, the outcry of the community. Mm -hmm. So these are the type of things we focus on is um, 
crime, um, trying to, you know, to, to put some type of deterrent uh, measures in place. But, you know, uh, Andre spoke earlier about drunken driving. Yeah. We try and get a message across to the youngsters. Soon the, the matriculants will be enjoying themselves, they'll be partying, and we try and get that message, be responsible. You wouldn't want to start your, end your school career with a, a standing up in court and have a, a record behind your name. So we plead to youngsters out there, future leaders, future you know, people that's going to go out and, and to go work one day, don't take a chance. Make alternative arrangements. Um, we cannot have unnecessary death. One death is one too many. So these are the type of message when we do go out to our schools, when we try and get that message out to the people, and especially to the children, and ask the parents. We interact with parents. We interact with at old age homes. Let's tr try and, and hold hands and let's be responsible. Mm -hmm. Wayne, let's come now to the festive season. Are there any um, noteworthy interventions that um, the police, the Metro Police rather, are implementing over the festive season? Absolutely. We're going to be focusing on very, um, normal integrated roadblocks. Um, one of our, our focuses is on drunken driving. Like Andre mentioned, we, we're very concerned about the amount of drunken driving. So we, we go out. As we're speaking, this past week we went to a few shopping centers. We've got a few shopping centers uh, lining up. And we, we, we try and get the message out to the people. You know, We hand out pamphlets. We interact with the community. But we're going to have a lot of roadblocks. You're going to see visible policing. You're going to see this is the time normally where office staff, they all come out, and we try and use all available staff. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, we try and have visible policing um, leading up towards, our we call it critical days, the 26th, the 31st, the 1st, where people tend to party and enjoy. But as much as we focus on the locals in the living in Cape Town, we also, our strong emphasis is also on our tourists, people coming to the mother city. So we try and, and have that visible presence, and we, you know, just to create that, that, that visibility on our arterial routes, including in our residential areas. Because beside the visible presence at our beaches, we also have to see that, you know, the normal complaints. So um, officers also have to be available yeah. dealing with these complaints. Can you please elaborate on shopping centers? What is that about? The prime uh, shopping center when it comes to, uh, normally it's the African police services. But, you know, we would just like to appeal to people, just be careful. If you're not too sure, um, Normally, they have securities and, and at these uh, shopping centers. If you see things that's not, rather contact the local police. Um, I know the police is, is a uh, will be focusing on shopping malls to create a visible presence over this period. In the next couple of days, uh, most of our factory industries will be closing. So we, our, our message is also to try and have some visible presence and tell people, be aware, be alert around you. Don't, you know, the normal things at ATMs. Don't let people offer to assist you. Um, if you see anything that's not right, rather turn around and try and approach your officer that's close by or security officer, or rather just be careful than to be sorry. So yeah. um, there's going to be a lot of hype and a lot of visibility, traffic management at these shopping centers. So if people can be able to see things that, and you see rather reported than mm -hmm. to, to be sorry. I just want to say that this actually now comes to a question from one of our listeners who asked, who says rather there have been a few reports in social media recently about crimes with, at malls? Are these true? How safe are we in malls? Any anybody on the on of any one of our guests can answer. If you want to answer, Wayne, please feel free. No, <coughs> we haven't picked up anything substantial from the police, but police will warn you. You know, if you go to a mall, make sure your car's locked properly. Make sure you know where your car's parked. Make sure if you're carrying a handbag as a lady, it's, it's safe and secure. If you go to an ATM, make sure you know who's around you. Make sure you put your money away. The malls all have their own security. You go to a place like the Nile Walk and you see they've got fairly heightened security. They normally have plainclothes policemen also walking around. 
But with large crowds, creates opportunities for things like pickpocketing. So you want to ask people to be careful. If you are going to a shopping center, you're going anywhere. Let your family know where you're going to, what time you'll be there, what time you're coming back. I think that's also important. Motor vehicle theft is always on the increase over the festive mm. season. Yeah. And also break-ins. You know, people are looking for quick things to sell and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But the police are going to make a concerted effort to, to look at safety around malls. And I also know that the shopping centers themselves are making an effort to heighten the security okay. over the festive so season. So just to confirm to our listeners that there's been nothing reported as it officially on the police side of things, even though the listener says that he or she may have seen reports on social media. Yeah, sometimes it might just be a personal experience. You know, somebody yeah. might have tried to snatch a bag, but nothing official reported to the police. Yeah. This time of the year, shopping centers know it's increased crowds. They have longer hours also in which to operate. Mm -hmm. So they do tend to step out the security substantially this time of the year. I mean, I was shocked to see. I went to Access Park today, and I was like, are people already on holiday? Like, <laughs> it's so busy. Yeah, <laughs> people yeah. are obviously getting yeah. ready for Christmas, right? They need to yeah. go shop. Or well, maybe they received the thirteenth checks already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. There's a bit more cash around, and of course that creates opportunities. You know, mm -hmm. but just on what Wayne and Andre said, also we do go a bit further. You know, summer's also a fire season. A lot of fires, as beautiful as Cape Town is, the mountains one of our biggest assets. So a lot of preparation around the fire season, cleaning of fire belts, working with uh, sandbox. We give them money every year to clean the fire belts. So we also ask people really to take care when you're out and about. Our informal settlements probably pose the biggest danger for us. As we speak, we're currently busy with fire awareness programs in all our, in our, all our informal settlements. From now until just before Christmas, where our disaster management will go into the informal settlements and engage the people on their own terms, on their own conditions about things like fire safety, yeah. dealing with paraffin stove, gas stoves, candles, and that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, because we have this wind in Cape Town now. That yeah. just fire just spreads much quicker with this. Winds that we yeah. have over the season. Our southeaster is probably our biggest uh, enemy when it comes to informal settlement fires. You'll yes. recall a couple of years ago the fire in B section in Kailicha. Luckily, it was a windy day on the beach. We could deploy people. But we had more than a thousand structures been done. We had to house almost 15,000 people for a good couple of months in all. So we want to appeal to people you know, you must be careful over this period of time. Unlike a house where you've got insurance, in most cases you're the poorest of the people, they have no insurance. They lose everything when, they, when the shack is burnt. And of course, the unfortunate fatalities. From a disaster management point of view, I can also say to you that we've taken 120 students from the Chrysalis Academy who've passed. Provincial government has given them to us free of charge. They're paying them a stipend, and they'll be deployed on our beaches with our volunteers to assist mm -hmm. us with things like basic first aid, helping with missing kids. Because that allows the uniformed staff, the, the law enforcement staff, to do their work. Otherwise, they spend hours dealing with blue bottles, things, and looking after loss. So we're very grateful, and that'll be working from the 10th, which is uh, this coming weekend. They'll be on the beaches as the first thing. The kids have gone through a host of training, so they're fairly well disciplined, and we're looking forward to it. And then also, um, all the volunteers, I mean, these people give up the time. As mm. you, you talk about the festive season, they come to the beach for those four days on the weekend. Sounds like an army of volunteers out there. Yes, these awesome management volunteers, well-trained people, well-motivated people, good interpersonal skills, also take a lot of pressure off the uniform staff. And as Wayne and Andre both indicated, we work very much as a directorate, even on Boxing Day and News Day. Our marine unit in the fire departments go stand down at selected beaches where we want them along with our lifeguards for quicker response. And then we've got our 107 call center, which you can call from a telecom line. You know, they also f feed our calls through 24-hour. What's that number, that 102? Yeah, if, if, it, if, you know, if you dial from a telecom phone, it's 107. You can just dial. Mm -hmm. And if it's from a cell phone, it's 021 and they can patch you through to any of the city services. Yeah, they, that's like any emergency. Any emergency, anybody, they can uh -huh. patch you through. 
They will patch you. They may need a city response mechanism, direct links to metro traffic, law enforcement, and fire. But they can also patch you through to the EMS section as well as to um, the, the SAPS. We have that facility. And they take a huge amount of calls, sometimes up to 6,000 calls in one day. Wow. Unfortunately, over this period or generally? Uh, over the period between Christmas and Boxing Day. Say Christmas and New Year, that's our busiest time. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of prank calls. And we ask people also, you know, just to refrain from that. You're taking up valuable time. You're taking up a real call that's coming through. So, yes. Beaches, bigger focus, we look at cleanliness of our beaches, it's an important issue in Cape Town, cleanliness of our toilets and cleanliness of our brushing facilities, we've got lots of holiday programs, also people can go into the website of Cape Town, a lot of holiday programs, especially at our community centres, so we try and provide a little bit of something for everybody. Our swimming pools are open also, but longer hours, which are good because it keeps people away from the beaches, you don't have unnecessary congestion on the beaches, so yeah, all around, you know, we try and make the summer as enjoyable as possible, and we try and manage it as best as we can. Mm-hmm. I want to come to our next uh, question from a listener, which ties into what you've talked about phoning, you know, and yeah. but this question is more for Andre, who's the deputy chief yeah. at the traffic services. Andre, our listener wants to know if I see a reckless driver, what number can I report it to? There would be a lot of phone calls to that number <laughs> in Cape Town. Let's just call a spade a spade. People here, we don't know how to drive in Cape Town. It's bad. Who can we phone? Thanks. No, I, th- I think the problem with reckless driving is, is a, not that it's a misunderstanding. It's quite a difficult thing to to prove in a, in a court of law. So when you when you're talking about reckless and negligent driving, it's something that needs to go to court eventually, and a ruling needs to be made by a magistrate. Now, when you want to report something like that, you can if you had phoned the traffic department. There's not much we could do about it at that time. You would need to go to the South African Police Services and actually lay a case against the person you're seeing driving, because we're not going to react against with a third party's information to take action against Yeah, because it's like it's something that's yeah. happened already, you didn't Correct. you weren't there, you didn't see it, etc. And also there's no like an, it's not like a crash or something where there's evidence of um the s- alleged reckless driving. Absolutely. So that's mm-hmm. one of those things that you actually have to be sta- you know, you have to stand up and be counted. If you want to take the matter further you have to unfortunately do the hard thing. It's not easy for everybody to do that. Nobody is really keen on on getting into a court situation and giving evidence like, all the time yeah. against somebody. And don't use the baseball bat. <laughs> no, steer away <laughs> from the baseball bat. <laughs> now, that's one of the things that we've picked up. So, you know, people sitting, especially along Baden Powell Drive on that day, they sit in traffic for up to an hour. Plan your journey, you know, take alternative routes, listen to the local radio station, but just try and keep your cool. We wouldn't want unnecessary where people are now fighting and we innocent children is also traumatized because of these type of things these things happen so once again our, our message is be responsible and just consider everybody's in that party mood but just consider all road users um especially this over this period mm-hmm. yes if okay. i can also maybe just mm-hmm. add before I, you know before we move on to something else is that in this time you find there's a lot of public transport being used by people traveling over long distances and so on like that so there, there's a lot of emphasis on getting those good carrying vehicles to, to point safely because obviously they're carrying a number of passengers you don't want something to happen because then the impact is much huge than just a, a normal vehicle so what we often do is we and this year we'll do the same thing we have what we call operation exodus and we actually check all those vehicles before they carry out their long trips to make sure they're all ro- safe and that everything is roadworthy and you know a further to in the cap of those public transport operators as well remember it's a, a compliance issue so they could actually give us a miss but they also actually become involved and we do it with the public transport interchanges, and they become involved, and they take their vehicles over the pits and things to be checked to make sure that they're right as well. And we use that as a road safety education opportunity. So when there's children and the members of the public are there, we give out packs 
with road safety material in. We give things for the children to colour in, things that teach them about road safety and, and that type of thing as well. And we do that at the beaches as well. When there's a lot of people congregating at the beaches, then we hand out little things and pamphlets and stuff that send a road safety message as well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about having a good time as well, right? And mm. being safe while doing so. I mean, this is the holidays. We work hard. Mm. We want to actually relax now, not think about accidents. And Can we just appeal to everybody? Last year, we confiscated more than 10,000 bottles of alcohol off our beaches. Um, this, you know, we, 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 would, we would want to tell people, come to the beaches. Be responsible. You know, look out, let, let's put in alternative arrangements for the kids. We wouldn't want to traumatize kids. Because sometimes we have to look after these kids. But bringing alcohol to the beaches causes problems. People leave drunken driving. Um, people could maybe be drowned or something. There's, it, it, it has a ripple effect on, on the family and everybody. So, you know, we have to confiscate these alcohol unnecessarily. So just consider everybody. And there's various ways beside alcohol that you can enjoy yourself. Yeah. So, Wayne, I must say, alhamdulillah, <laughs> most of the listeners of Voice of the Cape Community Radio Station are Muslim. And they would likely not, inshallah, take alcohol with them to yeah. the beach to enjoy themselves. Sure. Just, just If I can just maybe just turn to beach safety, you know. That's our biggest thing at the moment. So... Make sure people know where the kids are. In Musenberg, sometimes in Newsday, we serve 150 kids for the whole day. Wow. Mm. People just mm. lose the kids for eight hours and they conveniently find them later on. Some kids get lost on purpose because we end at lollipops and sweets, but it is an issue. It's very traumatic for our staff. It's very traumatic for the kids. It takes away a lot of our resources and our manpower. And on the other occasion, we've had to leave a kid overnight at the police station because his parents forgot him. And how do you forget your child? You know? Also, kids get lost. They go into the water. They drown which is very tragic. I mean, you know that. To lose, to lose anybody is very tragic. So beach safety is important. Swim only where the lifeguards are. They've normally got two poles planted on the beach. You swim between there. Lifeguards are fully trained. They'll tell you which way. They've checked the tides and the currents in the morning so they know where, what the beach is safe. If they ask you to leave the water, leave the water. It might be because the tide has become unsafe or the shark's in the water. So they advise you to leave for your own yeah. safety. Uh, Some people actually have an attitude towards authority. They want to yeah. be like the hero in the, pl- yeah. in the film and they want to like... Go and swim with the lifeguard says, don't swim. But hello, there sh- could be a shark there. That's the reality of it. And especially when people have alcohol in. Then he's now, his, his friends have not dared him, so he must go and swim. And then inevitably our guys have to take these people out of the water. So it's a waste of time and resources. So people must know where their kids are, know where to swim. Um, if you are using public transport, make sure you know what the times are that they leave and that they arrive. So, But beach safety is a big thing for us. Um, Generally speaking, I must say, Wayne will tell you, we're always out and about boxing day, New Year and the big days. Generally, in most cases, people are, are, are okay. You know, last year, New Year's Day between Musenberg and Mwabisi, that we went as far as, mm-hmm. easily 150,000 on the beach. Now, yeah. that would include all your cars and all your people. Musenberg, at least 40,000 people. You can't even see your staff. And the lifeguards have to actively manage water for six, seven hours at a time. People must come to the beach, but we just want to ask them, be responsible. It's a nice day. We know you worked hard all year. But don't let, you know, five minutes of laziness where you're not watching your kids end up in tragedy. Because yeah. that's one of the saddest things that we see. Mm. I mean, our beach, our, our coastline is stretches. It's such a big area. I mean, yeah. we're talking about even Strand, Musenberg, and then you're looking at mm. Camp Span. It's 1,200 kilometers of seashore. If we look at the Atlantic side, we start at Silverstrom, okay, at the resort there. We come right down all the way to Outbay. Um, Camps Bay also a major area. Although we found in the last few years we have bigger crowds on the Falls Bay side than we have on the Atlantic side than was previously the case. Mm. So you find Musenberg, <laughs> Musenberg is busy, up to 40,000 a day going all the way to Strand. In fact, 
the Strand Gordons Bay area is the area where we confiscated the most alcohol of the beaches yeah. last year. We tend to find a lot of people coming from out of Cape Town. They don't necessarily know the rules. And if we go down as far as Simon's Town also, you know, we go right down past Boulder's Beach. Oh, the reserve is not us, but people go and swim in, 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 uh, in the reserve itself. So just a big thing. And also the traffic congestion on that time of the year is horrendous, you know. People are all around. Luckily, the roadworks at Musenberg uh, will be open this year, so there will be no congestion on that side for us. Yeah, you could not have used the better word horrendous. That's how I feel every day when I go out onto the roads. <laughs> it is truly horrendous. But I, I, I practice my patience, you know. I just, yeah, I chill there and I'm like, okay, it's going to be over. Um, listeners, just to remind you that you are welcome to contact us in studio. The number is 021-442-3530. 021 442 You can also send us an SMS. The number is 47913. And finally, a WhatsApp number in studio is 072-238-0712 if you have any questions around safety and security measures over the festive season. You know, I think it's also important to talk about prevention is one thing, um, but also I just want to get an idea of, for example, penalties. If you are arrested for drunk and driving, what are the penalties for that? Is, am I even using the right word? I don't want to use the word punishment, but like, yeah, I mean, mm. you know, I want to bring that perspective also. Yeah, I don't think every drunk and driving court case is exactly the same. So your, your punishment that you can get for that can vary from a fine up to 20,000, maybe more, depending on what the magistrate finds as either aggravating circumstances or not. You could if it's if you've been caught on more than one occasion, you may even face a jail, a jail sentence. You could probably lose your license. So it, it can be quite harsh. I can give you out of out of perspective now. Just recently, not for a drunken driving case, but for for reckless driving cases, we just recently had three court cases that went through at one of the courts. And in the three cases, two of the people were given a ten thousand rand fine or one hundred and fifty days imprisonment without a, without a chance of a suspension on that. So in other words, if you didn't pay the fine, you were going to go to jail for one hundred and fifty days. Plus the license was uh, suspended. And the third person was 9,000 rand or 150 days in prison for the reckless and negligent driving cases. Then we've had some of those that have been a little bit less, depending obviously on the circumstances. But I do find at the moment that we've got a sort of a system in place now where a lot of the court cases are sort of being, being viewed by one of the people that work for us. And, and it seems as if the courts are taking a little bit harder stance and starting to realize that specifically in road safety issues, things are becoming a little bit more important to, to address them correctly. So I see that the, the, if you want to call it the penalties, are sort of moving up a little bit more, which mm -hmm. is good. It's good because it, it's a scare factor. It's, it's something yeah. that goes We're aiming to prevent, and you kind want of to prevent deaths, yeah. Other, yeah. other people from No, just, mm -hmm. just picking up on, on this thing, I mean, a word of, Wayne has mentioned, but just a word of caution, you know. You, the youngsters are very impetuous. You get a record for drunk driving, you get mm -hmm. a record for reckless and negligent driving. It stays with you for years. You go and apply for a job, people do criminal checks. Mm -hmm. They find out you've got a record. You've either not disclosed it or you think you can't. Last week we had to pull two people off our courses who didn't disclose their records. These things stay with you, you know, so it's best. Practice restraint, as Andre said, news if if you add a bit too much, phone a taxi cab. There's more than enough services in Cape Town. Yeah, there's that extra hundred and you pay means that you don't have to sit with the future where you sit with the record and it does affect people. It's traumatic for your family to find your father or your or your mother even or your brother in jail. You got to go to the jail. You got to bail them out. You got to go to court. These things cost money, but it's the trauma, and the stigma attached to it. It's not a joke because you get convicted. Mm -hmm. You could even have your license revoked for five years. 
and a license is an essential part of getting a job these days. So we want to ask people. You know, and also, just the fact that you don't respect anybody else. To go on the road driving drunk, to kill somebody else's child. Just think if that was you, how would you feel about it? People have to be responsible. A vehicle, unfortunately, is a dangerous weapon in the hands of the wrong person. And we see too much of it, unfortunately. Yeah. We have one minute left before we have to go for another break. We have a listener who has sent us a question and he says... Assalamu alaikum. What can a person do when you have noisy neighbors who play the music every weekend with no consideration? Now, this is the festive season. You know, mm. these kind of things are going to come up. Neighbors are going to start getting angry. Is there any answer to this? Is this, some, is this not the right forum for this kind of question? Anyone? No, these type of complaints is quite often. Okay. Uh, if we normally you know, interview the, the complainer, we take on a statement. And if it's an ongoing thing where, you know, there's a noise factor. We normally try and ask him to turn down and consider your, your neighbours. But if it becomes a problem, we, we the, the person can lay a charge against your, your neighbour. So this listener can lay a charge? Yeah, I mean, and for disturbance. Uh, that, that could be with the, you know, with, with the officers or with the police. Um, but we normally build up a profile in order to take the case further if it has to go to a criminal court. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we try and deal with it because it could be a neighbourly feud or something. But yes, um, this boom boom noises early hours of the morning. We try and you know go out first, talk to the role players. But if it's a second time, then we will normally take you know and we advise people what action that they they could take. And that's a a um, that according to the bylaws yeah. that yeah. we have yeah. in the city. Yeah, we yeah. we've got noise regulations dealing with two things. The one is a noise disturbance, which is um, where it's a more technical thing like a nightclub, and you have to measure it. Mm. And then you've got what we call a noise nuisance, where it's just a normal neighbourly thing. You know, we ask neighbours this time of the year to practice restraint. Normally we ask neighbors, you know, if you are going to have a party, just inform everybody around you, say till what time you're going to have it or not, just to practice some restraints. You don't date, you end up in a neighborhood feud for the next 20 years. And that happens. People start to throw stuff on each other's roof. They mm. push over each other's dirt bins. They cut each other's plants. That's the silly mm. stuff you have to do with, and your staff must deal with it. So we ask people, practice restraint. If you want to make a noise, go to a nightclub. It's, it's fine there. There's soundproofing there. But these things do happen. Okay, Christopher, well, we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much to our guests, Richard Bosman, Wayne Luru, and Andre Now, Thank you for coming in and chatting to us about the safety and security measures for the festive season. That's a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you very Thanks, much. Man. Thank you very much. Eh? Thank you.